having a passion can just be what ends up spurring a business because you're like, well, this is what I want to do. And, you know, there's a million ways to make money in this world. You might as well, you know, you might as well make money doing something you love. So many different things that you can do. Yeah. You know? Kyle, you got to be a motivational speaker, <laughs> too. I didn't expect to be changed in this way walking away from this conversation with you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I You were just I the love... guy on Reddit. I know. That's <laughs> what happens. <laughs> We're gonna go out on the field. We're gonna score as many goals as we can. We're gonna have fun. Oh, Becky, a well placed. Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. It has been my pleasure and my honor to represent you all. I don't have much to say here to start off. Today I'm talking to Kyle Peters, former college lacrosse player and the current founder and owner of Six Pack Creamery. Let's jump right into it. Well, before we can get started, well, to see if this interview can actually even continue, the first question that I have for you is, have you ever referred to your hair as lettuce? Uh... Personally, or have other people? No, you personally. I need to know what I'm getting myself into here. I mean, I probably did. I probably did at one point. Oh, God. That's in my past. <laughs> <laughs> know that that is... It's lacrosse and hockey, right? Mostly? Yeah, absolutely. It was, I mean, it was quite flowy. Like, it was, you know, it was good lettuce. Really? Because, I mean, all the pics that I've seen of you, you have pretty short hair, so... That surprises no, me that um, it was ever lettuce at a point. Here, hang on. There was one, I have one, actually it's on, the, I mean, it's on my Instagram. It's a little deep, but. I'll have to go into the, into the archives. It's, well, it, it's, I used to have hair down to like my shoulders, maybe like just past. Oh, wow. In college, I had it like past my eyes a little bit. Like my, like my NCAA headshot is just like. Oh no. A mugshot essentially. Oh, you're, but, you're one of those. That's, that's all we have. When, when you play D3 lacrosse, it's kind of, you got to hold on to something. <laughs> Well, now, now that we got that out of the way, um, we can start when you were a wee lax bro back in the day. And I just wanted to know, yeah, how was lacrosse introduced into your life and what role did it play for you growing up as, as a kid and a young adult? Yeah, so uh, I started playing lacrosse. I guess it was my eighth grade year. Uh, it's a little bit like a little bit later than a lot of people. And I'd always played sports. I played soccer uh, for the most part. That was like, that was my main sport. Um, a little bit of basketball. And I wrestled for a year actually, which was absolutely terrible. I was terrible at it. It was terrible. Super skinny. You know, one day my friend, uh, he was playing lacrosse. I went and checked out one of his games that he was playing. I was like, damn, that looks awesome. Like, that looks fun. You beat people up. You know, you run around kind of like with, kind of like soccer where, you know, it's fast paced and everything. Um, and I just wanted to give it a shot. So I signed up to the, the next year and I just totally fell in love with it. And I was, you know, I was practicing in my backyard every single day and I played on three teams my first year. Like mm-hmm. the, yeah, cause I was in, I was in eighth grade. So I played on the seventh grade team because I was like new and, you know, just learning. And then I played on like the newbie team. And then I played on like the normal uh, eighth grade team as well, because I, I knew like the coach and the guys that organized um, all the teams in the, in the township. So I got a lot of practice in, in my first year, which yeah. was nice. And just from there, you know, it just became a sport that I loved. And I played uh, travel. Oh, 
there's one thing I've learned from podcasting. It's that you have to be prepared for technical difficulties. So excuse this tech issue as we had to switch recording methods. All right, that was sad. I don't know what happened. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have no idea how long I was just talking to myself for. Oh, uh, like, okay. Well, okay, what, what were you saying when it got cut off? I think Skype just like, yeah, just went and interrupted us. Um, yeah, this is this is actually way clearer. Yeah, no, it is way clearer. And I'm sad now that I don't have the lettuce bant <laughs> on this audio. <laughs> All right, we, I mean, we can, we, can, we can just take two if you want, and we can oh, do that. Oh, it's not going to be as organic, which is also a know. lettuce joke. <laughs> I didn't even know that you that you were recording that, so I was like, I, I wasn't in podcast mode. Oh, you have a specific mode. Okay. Um. Well. You had me on the sneak. I didn't know I had to perform at that time. No, but that's that's when you're that's when people are at the their best, you know, spontaneous. Um, I don't. Yeah. Where were you in the journey? You were talking about playing on three teams, and you traveled. Uh, you were traveling a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just go from there. Yeah. Sure. Cool. This, this is amateur hour for me right now. It's, I guess. <laughs> it's all right. I tried. Uh, I'm working on a podcast too right now, and it's like I did my first interview with uh, a friend of mine, and I just like I couldn't even do like the intro. I was like struggling with the intro. She's like, just do it. I'm like, I can't. I'm self conscious. Self, I'm nervous. Like cracking up the whole time. Yeah, but three teams. Uh, so I got a lot of practice in, and I just like I really, I just really enjoyed the sport. Um, I was always a sport guy, and I'm happy that I was happy that I really just found something that I loved and was getting better at, uh, you know, at a fairly like quick rate. Um, and then from there, you know, I played two years JV, kind of like the standard high school type career, like two years JV, two years varsity. Um, and then I was getting some, a handful of letters, like maybe a couple D two letters and uh, a good amount of D three, and I knew like lacrosse is kind of like what took me to college i really wasn't i probably wouldn't have gone to college if it wasn't for lacrosse mm. um i always knew that i wanted to own a business uh, i have a family of business owners and that was just kind of like I, I just like felt that you know i didn't know exactly what my business would end up being but uh, i knew what I, I knew i was going to end up being a business owner somehow and school was never really my thing and like lacrosse was just kind of what kept me going. Mm. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to miss school because I wanted to make sure I could make it to practice and I needed to make it to practice so that I could make sure I could play at games. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I wasn't even really into the whole, like, I wasn't into health and fitness and nutrition and all that kind of stuff in high school. Um, so, you know, without lacrosse eventually getting me to college, I probably would have never, you know, fallen into, found my passion for, fitness and nutrition the way I did um you know like I was saying I was getting different letters from a handful of different schools and uh you know the one school that I ended up going to Centenary University it was Centenary College at the time when I was there um but it's Centenary University now and you know not a great school for lacrosse and I actually didn't even want to go check it out uh but my mom she was like she's got go check it out you might as well go see everywhere you know could be nice you could end up liking it uh, long story short, I did end up liking it, had great time, had great times on my overnights. The guys were awesome and just kind of like, you know, felt at home. And then six guys from my travel team were actually all going to go there, too. So like we all went together. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, so my best friend from high school is one of those guys. And we always joked we were like four more years. Like, should we do it four more <laughs> years together? 
And so we used to always just like, you know, we'd say that to each other all the time, like four more years, you know, before we actually decided. And then we decided and, you know, seven of us from the same travel team all went to the same school. Um, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I played four years there, played in a ton of games, uh, started from my freshman year on. And uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, honestly, if I could do two podcasts, my other podcast would just be about like the beauty of D3 and just talking about people's yeah. experiences because it's, it's really cool. And I feel like it obviously it's not doesn't get the sort of spotlight um, where people don't really understand um, some of the merits or some of the things about that experience. Um, and also, yeah, what bringing up the I remember when we used to play like TCNJ, the College of New Jersey, we used to hear that they would mm-hmm. recruit like, uh, yeah, like seven or eight girls from a, a single club team. And so I guess that that is a thing and it must be a really, a, a really cool factor and definitely like a pull to a certain school when you're being recruited is like, yeah, if I could just keep playing with, um, with the same group of girls, like it makes, and I'm sure it makes everything a lot more cohesive when you're playing at the college level. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. It makes the transition to, you know, a new place very easy. I mean, being an athlete, it's already easier than normal, I think, because you go in there with, you know, you're already being handed a group of friends. Um, you know, you know immediately, like, you're going to have people in your corner. And we actually, you know, we went. I went in with a class of, I think it was like 11 freshmen maybe, and like six or seven of us were from the same travel team. But by the time I had graduated, I think there was only four from that original class. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, too, like, you know, like you were saying, having another podcast focusing on D3, I think, you know, you're right. Like, people think if you don't play D1, oh, it's just kind of like it's a hobby or, you know, it's just for fun, this and that. It's not, you know, it's a lot of commitment. You know, why can't you get like, – why can't you be working, you know, all these other jobs and doing all these other things, uh, which you can still do a lot, but people don't always, you know – People don't always realize how much uh, you have to really put into a to a D three sport. Yeah. If you want to be successful. Yeah, and I do think you get such a range uh, on on any given team, which can be such a problem. It's you. You were talking about you know some of the, your friends quit and kind of that. Yeah, the retention rate um, for a class in D three it really feels like you know because if you're playing at that level, you do have other interests and you do have other priorities and. So that's that's one of the disadvantages maybe of being D three is that you do have those kids who want to treat it like a D one, but then you have those other kids where maybe they're in it for the social aspect or they're in it because they feel like they have to or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. Clearly, sport it you know brought you to college, it, uh, provided a community, all these things, and I like to talk about the build up. Um, to give a sense of what sport meant to you before we get to the scope of the podcast, which is retirement and walking away. Um, when you finally got to your senior year, played your last game in the spring, on a scale of one being burnt out and so ready to leave, and ten being I wish I could go all the way and play at the highest level, which is, is it called the M, what's it, the MLL, the NLL? Yeah, it's, so I guess, I mean, for me, like, me personally, the highest level would be to, like, play internationally. Okay. It was, like, like, you know, like, in the, in the FIL, so, like, representing, you know, representing the USA, or representing, in lacrosse, it's a lot easier, you know, if you can get some sort of, like, citizenship or visa or something like Mm -hmm. that, you can almost play for, like, any country, which is, you know, 
good and bad. It helps grow the sport because you get a lot of guys going to other countries and representing um, and helping growing grow the game that way. Yeah, if I'm looking now, like that would be the top level. But I, for me, like be, if I was good enough to represent, you know, the United States, yeah, at um, you know, like in the, at the FIL championships or something like that, like that would be the highest level for yeah. me. Um, so I guess like but, yeah, where did you fall like? mentally and just yeah emotionally yeah one to ten when it came time to leave lacrosse behind i was probably <laughs> it's it's funny i mean i was probably like pretty close to in the middle but way closer to burnout like a three or a four mm-hmm. um and i think that more so was because of not because of the actual sport and like the training and everything else but like kind of my excitement for wanting to like, you know, move on and like find, I was ready for the next step more so than I was like tired of lacrosse. Um, I was ready to go and like find that business and that passion for uh, whatever it was going to end up being, which eventually became six pack creamery. Um, I was, you know, ready to find that passion and really start putting everything I had into a business versus putting everything I had into uh, my sport. Yeah. I mean, I really struck me that you had this, kind of clear, concrete sense of purpose of wanting to own a business pretty early on. I mean, mm-hmm. most, uh, you know, young adults, 18 to 22 year olds don't really, don't really have that. So that seems like it would be certainly, it would certainly help in moving on to that next chapter is, you know, knowing what you want to do next. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely hard. Like, I mean, like my last game, I cried. Um, you know, there is like, I still had like, you know, so much passion for the game and for the guys that I was with and knowing I wasn't going to, you know, play another game with those guys, um, you know, at the, at the field that we, we practice on every day. Well, that we practice on most days. Um, you know, it's just, I feel like so many other people say too, it's like, you don't, you don't miss so much at me, you know, for me, it wasn't so much missing the actual sport. It's missing the locker room, the bus rides, and uh and just competing in general you know now i compete in a different arena but uh which is nice but um you know i i won't really have that locker room type thing in the in the whole travel aspect and whatnot right that is a nice segue talking about the arena that you're in now you are the owner and founder of six pack creamery um and i was reading a bit of the bio your bio on the six pack creamery website and it sounds like you know, this, there's a lot of really personal reasons um, for you getting started in in this business. And, yeah, can you maybe just talk a little bit about what the company is and how it started and what inspired it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Six Pack Creamery, it's a, it, it's, um, a company that makes physique-friendly desserts, like I like to say. Um, so high protein, low sugar, low fat. And our main product is a product called Fit Freeze, which is – a high protein, low sugar, low fat, uh, soft serve ice cream mix. So really focused on selling to institutions like universities, uh, hospitals, retirement homes, professional sports um, facilities, you know, the training facilities, everything like that. And really just providing a product that, um, you know, not only is delicious, indulgent, everything else uh, satisfies, you know, that sweet tooth and the cravings you might have, but also has a nutritional benefit as well. Um and I kind of, you know, like you were, you touched on it a little bit, you know, I have a lot of personal reasons as to how it came about. 
And half of that was just my own want for a product like this. You know, being a college athlete, I really fell in love with fitness and nutrition once I got to college. You know, I went into college 6'2", 160 pounds, 165 pounds, an absolute twig, and found the weight room, loved it, and probably graduated around like 185, 195. Wow. Um, and in, you know, significantly better shape. And I was always, throughout that time, I was always trying to, create a traditionally unhealthy food into something healthy and so my mom uh the other half of why i started six-pack creamery was my mom had stage four colon cancer Mm -hmm. and throughout her time being treated and you know getting chemotherapy and after that uh, her throat would be very dry and she would have a very sensitive sense of, uh, of smell and so cooking like a full meal or anything like that wasn't really something that I would do often for her uh, or that she really even wanted. You know, the smell would be a huge turnoff. And, you know, she wouldn't be hungry and um, her throat would be really hurting her. So she would turn to ice pops, ice cream, all sorts of things like that. And whenever she was eating ice cream, it was always super high in sugar, super high in fat, artificial ingredients, all that kind of nonsense. And it just I always found it so weird, you know, me having the passion for nutrition that I have that. You're going to put your body through so much, go through chemotherapy, try and cure yourself of cancer. And then after all that, you're going to throw your blood sugar through the roof and just, you know, put this, put food in your body. That's just not nutritional for you. It doesn't have any nutritional value. Um, you know, you can only drink so many protein shakes and all that, all that other nonsense. You know, I, I don't love protein shakes that much and I don't have cancer. So I couldn't imagine, you know, people that have, uh, that are going through what my mom went through just being told drink insure drink this drink that it's all these shakes you know it it sucks so uh you know i wanted to be able to make a product like ice cream you know it was something i loved it's something i knew my mom loved and i knew other cancer patients loved too and i wanted to turn it into something that would be you know that would have nutritional value um and so my first product that i launched in september of uh 2018 was like frozen just regular frozen pints of ice cream you know like a ben and jerry's anything else you would go to the store and pick up and from there i sold uh i sold into about 15 different stores gnc being my first retail uh experience so i was in six gnc's a couple in new jersey a couple in pa and then picked up like some co-op grocery stores and a couple gyms and places like that and kind of you know Maybe about five months ago or so, I started developing Fit Freeze, which is uh, going to really be like the future of Six Pack Creamery. So, like I said, helping me get into those institutions and really hit um, hit that mission that I have of you know cleaning up the way hospitals are serving food in general, uh, but especially desserts to cancer patients after treatment and just kind of during their time of you know sitting on a hospital bed and everything else like that. Yeah, so cool! Such an amazing story. I appreciate it. I mean, would you say that one of your big goals as a company is to get into Wawa's? Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> I would love to be in Wawa. Like, well, you know, I think that's wouldn't? when you know you've made it. Yeah, definitely. Maybe. Maybe. You know, I don't know, if, but do I have to pick Wawa or Sheets? Like, oh, can no. I, I can be in both, I imagine, right? Oh, no. Like, I don't need to pledge my allegiance. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm making that decision for myself. I don't need to pledge my allegiance. I'm going to be in both. Yeah, spoken like a true businessman. But Yeah. Um, no, I don't mean to be crass. That really is a, a fantastic story. And I was... I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, really moved by it when I was reading your profile. And there's obviously such a great origin of... And- meaning behind the company so maybe you you really already touched on this but what's your favorite part of your work right now 
Honestly, so for right now, it's probably, I mean, developing new flavors is a lot of fun. You get to eat ice cream, you know, yeah. you're kind of, cooking has always been like a passion of mine and, and something I loved. So like really being in my facility and just kind of messing around with flavors and stuff and doing it in a, in a natural way, you know, when, uh, if I'm making something, you know, with mint, I'm using mint. If I'm making something with, you know, I don't use like natural flavorings where it just has like that broad term. I'm using, you know, actual ingredients, uh, to make these flavors, which is awesome and a lot of fun. But right now I like, I love sales and interacting with people. So, um, the hunt of like finding new accounts and, you know, getting my product into a place that really is going to end up helping a lot of people. That's, what's really exciting to me. Um, getting that contact where they finally do respond to you and you're like, Holy crap. Like, let's go. This is it. You know, maybe I could end up in this hospital or that hospital where, you know, uh, maybe I end up having this professional sports team as an account, um, that type of stuff. That's what really excites me right now. So yeah, you're eating ice cream. You're like pitching to all these big time places. I guess I maybe should have asked what your, what your least favorite part of your work is right now. It sounds like uh, there's a lot of positive elements (laughs) going on currently. Yeah. I mean, I, the, I mean, it kind of, almost the same thing. Like my least favorite thing is, uh, if you are reaching out to a ton of people in a day and just nobody gets back to you, it's not so much discouraging. I mean, it's like, I had a guy just, (laughs) yeah, I had a guy just reach out. Uh, you know, it was, it was a head nutritionist and, uh, like performance director for, for an NFL team. Um, and I probably had like two back and forths with him and he was pretty short. And then I just got like a hard no. It was just like, no, we're not interested. Thanks. After, like, I sent, like, a really nice, you know, message and, like, well thought out, this and that. Um, And it was just, like, a hard no. And I was like, you know, it it happens. Like, you can't expect to do sales and have 100%, you know, hit rate. Well, this is Um, the question. Like, is it better to get that sort of, like, cold answer? Or is it better to just not get an answer at all? Because I feel like getting ignored is also the large percentage. It's way larger. <laughs> I would rather just like a hard kind of like cold no than than just no answer because, uh, you know, then you know, like, okay, I'll move on. But I'm going to 100% message that guy back in like two months. Of course. And uh, go from there. Persistent, yeah, I mean, persistent. it's tough. I, I think if you have a, an aspect of the business you absolutely hate, it's going to make building it really difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of got to love you kind of got to like really fall in love with the process and the, the idea and the, and the dream of accomplishing that goal that you set out with when you first started the business should be enough to drive you through kind of those, you know, those tough days and those, uh, you know, like the mundane tasks, like accounting and that kind of stuff. I hate it. I have an accountant, but I still have to go through my books. I still, you know, I still have to look at, at, at the numbers and everything else like that. And yeah, actually, sorry, that's my answer. Like accounting, yeah, numbers no. <laughs> and yeah, the accounting <laughs> and stuff like that. I absolutely hate it. That kind <laughs> of makes sense, part. considering that you know clearly you're a charismatic guy, and you said you like sales. That on the flip side, it would be the the boring numbers stuff that I could see. Being. Yeah, that just it doesn't get <laughs> that does not get me going. Um, <laughs> I can't. I, I'm very much so looking forward to the day that I can pay somebody handsomely to come in and, and handle that for me. And that, again, so if you could project yourself 10 years in the future, besides being in both Wawa and Sheets, where do you see mm-hmm. Six Pack Creamery? Creamery. I see it definitely being the main ice cream and, like, frozen dessert in 
in most hospitals in the country mm-hmm. in t- 10 years, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I also see it having a massive footprint in professional sports. Uh, so like in the training facilities and stuff there and, uh, not only just hospitals, but retirement homes, um, 100% will be in there. I mean, 10 years, I think I'm going to, it's, it's going to take over the frozen dessert options in, in most places like that. Um, but hospitals for sure. And, uh, universities, it'll be, it'll be a main choice for them as well. Uh, you know, I'm working on a vegan product too. That's obviously where a lot of the, the, the trend and, um, and a lot of products are moving right now is to, you know, at least having an option for it. And so that's something that I'm working on and, you know, 10 years, that'll probably be done in less than 10 months. So I'm just extremely confident in the product and I wouldn't be spending my life on it uh, if I wasn't. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be in hospitals, retirement homes, most major universities, and uh, it'll it'll have a massive footprint in professional sports as well, I think. Coming into these retirement homes and these hospitals uh, with ice cream, you must be like everyone's favorite person, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely like, you know, patients and, and dietitians are super excited about mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's like, the t- that's a really tough thing, though, is to break into to the hospitals because, you know, it'd be great if it was just walk into the hospital, find people that are like, you know, that work there and kind of sell them. But the whole sales process for all of this, you know, hospitals, retirement homes, universities, and even the professional sports teams, it's almost all the same people. Hmm. You know, it's all food service management companies. So um, like Sodexo, if you're familiar with them, or Aramark, you know, you you went to Swarthmore, so you probably saw the massive Aramark building in Philly. Um, Going to them, and then there's a massive company called Compass Group, who then owns like, they're a conglomerate that owns a whole bunch of other food service management companies. And so all these facilities are managed by those companies. So once you get into one of those companies, selling to their other facilities becomes 10 times easier. Mm. So it's really like, there's only a, you know, there's only really like 10 companies that matter for me to sell to. And then from there, you know, it, it goes well in one facility, then they expand you into more, then they expand you into more. So, um, I wish it was like me being that, like, you know, Santa Claus guy with a whole bunch of ice cream going into a hospital and like, you know, throwing ice cream cones <laughs> to kids and people are all excited and stuff like that. It's not as glamorous, but, uh, I'm definitely working on getting some events going so that I, I can at least be that guy and hand out some ice cream and, you know, get some smile on smiles on kids faces and whatnot. That'll definitely be cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that you're talking about these huge companies, the, the, the radio silence on the on, e- <laughs> on emails, uh, that checks out for sure. I'm sure that's, that's oh, it's difficult. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, then the last question, you know, the show is about retirement from sport and the transition out of that life into the next chapter. However, I think a broader theme we always connect back to is just the idea of walking away from something you loved and put a lot of time and energy into and you sacrifice for. Whether it's sport or not, we encounter these inflection points in life that either ask or force us to pursue something else. Uh, so in thinking about this, any advice for an athlete that maybe is getting ready to hang up their cleats or has just retired? Yeah, I think, I don't want to say it's a regret that I have, but it's something that I wish I would have um, focused on a little bit more when I was a student athlete. And that is like, 
really making myself a little bit more well-rounded throughout my college years and taking advantage of like, even though I knew I wanted to work for myself, but taking advantage of like the career services and just different opportunities that, you know, your university provides to you and has, um, it would have been great for me to really, you know, I knew I wanted to own a business, took advantage of all the business programs and stuff, Mm -hmm. the extracurriculars that I could have done that were focused on business. I wish I would have taken advantage of those more in college. Um, and just really, you know, instead of just being that college athlete, student athlete, um, well, more like athlete student, but, but I wish I would have taken advantage of the resources that the university was giving me instead of almost like brushing it off and just being like, nah, I don't need that, you know, just being stubborn or just wanting to party more or just hang out with friends more, this and that. I think it'd be good to take, you know, even if it's just a couple days out of the month to work on life after college while you're still in college um yeah and it would be helpful if you know professors and other people involved on campus could get involved with that with that endeavor so maybe they could like not assign as much or because i'm totally on board with that i think that that's smart because you get too tunnel vision on getting that assignment in and just tunnel vision in everything that campus is forcing you to focus on um and so when you kind of throw your your cap in the air and walk away a lot of people are just kind of hitting the face you know I mean you're applying for jobs but you don't necessarily always get a sense of what that after is going to be like yeah for sure and that's you know you kind of said it too like with the assignments like they'll hand you an assignment and the whole goal of that is to just you know hey get the assignment done this and that and you know sometimes you get professors that are really invested and they care about the student and they want to see them do well in the class on the assignment, but like just generally in life, oftentimes how we see a lot of coaches, you know, they're so focused on just making you a better person on the, on and off the field. Um, not so much like, Hey, just run this play, right. You know, you know, make sure you're making this cut, right. That kind of stuff, but just really making you like a well-rounded person. And I think professors, it'd be nice if professors did a little bit more of that, but as a student athlete, I think you can, take that charge and, and be a little bit more of a leader for yourself and find the professors that are willing to do that for you. And then also just putting yourself in those positions where you're going to learn, you're able to learn and, um, you know, go try something new, you know, like I wish I would have maybe, uh, you know, just experienced different things in college and try, you know, different hobbies, whatever else. And, you know, like I said, just being a little bit more well-rounded for when I did eventually graduate and, and step into the real world. Um, I had a little bit more experience in just other things other than just, you know, business class and lacrosse and the gym. <laughs> right, right. Well, Kyle, this is this is all I have for you, I think. This has been a lovely conversation in Absolutely. so many ways. I mean, I laughed. My heart felt things. It's, it had a little bit of everything. <laughs> you know? Happy to share it. So you probably thought the episode was just about finished at this point, and So did I. I thought the episode was finished, but apparently I brought on an unruly guest. I have a question for you. Oh boy. I don't know if that's allowed. No, I'm turning that question (laughs) on you. What was your, what was your, uh, like, what would you go back and say to other people? I listened to a couple of the podcasts. I don't know if I heard you say it at all, but what would you say to like, I don't think this is allowed. I think I just got to hang up on you Junior year you. Flipping the script. Let's hear it. The people want to know. No, this is... Okay, I gave you the questions beforehand to prepare. 
I didn't know that this, this I didn't prepare. I didn't prepare. Just like college. Just like college, I didn't prepare for anything, and I just came in to wing it because I feel like that's how it's best done. It got me through college. Yeah. Well, okay, I think it really does vary person to person, and I'm someone who I am such a, like, my loved ones, my people in my circle, like, they are everything to me. And so I think just, like, leaning on community and um, just having people that are your fans, you know, to use a sports term, because um, walking away from something that you, you loved is hard, and I don't think that, I mean, I was in some pretty dark places, but I think that it would have been a lot darker, and I also maybe would have taken longer to get out of it had it not been for those those bonds that I had established and just those those good people in my life. So, I know, that was a little bit cheesy, but... <laughs> It's true. Oh, I, right. I did that's not cool. respond well. I mean, when I reti- when I left college sports, I got a tattoo and moved abroad. So that's like I was very angsty and about it. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Though. Like, you know, you kind of do what you got to do. You get through it and it helps you move on to the next next chapter. It's better than doing nothing. Yeah. You know, I think doing nothing and kind of being frozen, frozen by the shock of like, oh, crap, everything I did. You know, like for me, I started playing lacrosse in eighth grade. It was the most cons- lacrosse was the most consistent thing in my life up until I graduated. Mm-hmm. You know, I played it every played it every single year. I knew, you know, it was off season and in season. Those were my seasons. And it's tough. It, it gets it gets taken from you. I mean, I coached for a year after college. Mm-hmm. Not the mm-hmm. not my first year out, but um, it was actually right after my mom passed. It was that's what helped me coaching, getting back to the sport and everything is what pulled me out of my depression after my mom had passed. Mm-hmm. So. Um, even yeah. after I had was done, you know, after I hung up the cleats and was done playing, uh, the sport itself, you know, came and brought me out of the ashes and uh, helped me again, you know. So I think the sport is always there for you if you're if you're willing to listen to it. And there's more ways to be involved with it other than just being a player. So I think if you really feel that passionately about it, finding other ways to be involved is, is a great way to kind of transition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really hope that, I know that the way that I loved my sport is something that I need to hold on to, whether that's in a new endeavor or with something related to soccer again. I'm just trying to figure out what that is still. I don't have the answers. That, I mean, that's how businesses are started, though. You know? Yeah. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to be a business person and, and go out into this world and build this awesome business, you know? A passion is can, can uh, having a passion can just be what ends up spurring a business because you're like, well, this is what I want to do, and you know, there's a million ways to make money in this world. It might as well, you know, you might as well make money doing something you love because there's no point in just doing something you don't. You, you, if you know you have that passion, there's ways to make money from it. You know, especially if it's not lacrosse. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. you know, it's right. a little bit tough in lacrosse, but you know, there's uh, so many different things that you can do. Yeah. You know. Kyle, you got to be a motivational speaker, too. I didn't expect to be changed in this way, walking away from this conversation with you, okay? I don't know. I just... I, you were just I the love, guy on Reddit. I know. That's what happens. Uh, <laughs> no, I just love... Uh, I, for me, I'm just fortunate because, like, I, I have opportunity and, and live in a situation that a lot of people don't have. And uh, so, for me, I feel like it's an obligation to take the opportunity... Um, I guess you could say the privilege and, you know, everything else that I have and kind of pass it on to whoever else might need, you know, part of it. Um, you know, it's uh, it, to be able to have your health and everything else. And, you know, if you have a roof over your head and all that other kind of stuff, if making money is 
you know, if finding something that you love, if you already have something that you love, you know, just find a way to make money and then how you can make money with that and then just turn that into your life and just make sure that you love it every single day. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just like, that's what I'm doing. So I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, I know it's possible. Like I'm my business, I don't pay myself for my business yet, but you know, I bartend a couple nights a week and stuff yeah. like that, but it's all to do something that I love. And if you find something like that, it makes life a little bit easier. And sometimes people don't realize how easy it is to just like, you know, you should be, you should be able to love what you do every single day. You know, some people are just told that they need to go and get a job and this and that, and you know, you can't really think outside of the box. So if I could push somebody to think outside of the box and end up, they end up doing something that they love for the rest of their life. And I think that's pretty awesome. So when I can do something like that, I try to, <laughs> I, <laughs> I super, don't know. I super appreciate this. You don't understand that I need this yeah. conversation right now. I'm going to edit right that. On. I'm going to edit that part out of me being a vulnerable host, but, uh, no, no, <laughs> you got to keep it no. straight through because I didn't listen. It took me maybe 25 minutes to get warmed up. So, like, <laughs> No, this has been, I mean, you know, I always have my list of questions and it gets, it gets easier and easier each time to just be more of a, a human and less mm -hmm. of just like a person talking to a screen. And this has absolutely been <laughs> the best uh, example of really just having a free flowing conversation with about things that we care about. Yeah, for sure. Thank you to Kyle for coming onto the podcast. And thank you for listening. To learn more about Six Pack Creamery and how you can indulge without the bulge, check out sixpackcreamery.com and also Six Pack Creamery on Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm.